Hello, everyone, and welcome to FICA. Um, not off to, we're off to a wonderful start. I'm just going to play the music because there's no need for a countdown at this point, and we'll get started. And here we go. Are listening to Fika with Vicky on United Public Radio 107.7 and 105.3 from New Orleans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fika. Our guest today, who is here at the beginning. <laughs> I'm so excited, Rachel. I was almost late, and <laughs> there you were, popping up. So visiting us today from Portsmouth, England, is our guest, Rachel Paxson. Rachel, Rachel, you just have to sit there and wait till I do all you, your accolades, okay? So. You carry on. <laughs> Rachel has written over 20 books on witchcraft and its surrounding interests. She is a high priestess at the Kitchen Witch Coven, an elder at the Kitchen Witch Online School of Natural Witchcraft, a blogger, a columnist, a speaker and instructor at various conferences and events, and she even has her own Friday morning chat stream. She does all this with a strong work ethic, a genuine belief and a sense of humor, which is why <laughs> she is the only one who was surprised. She was named on Watkins list of the 100 most spiritually influential people of 2023, because those of us following it. <laughs> it's the fairies. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, I didn't mean to say that. So, uh, <laughs> how are you today? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's lovely to chat to you. I know we chatted a long while back now. Uh, it's lovely to chat again. It, it seems like forever, like another lifetime. Sorry, I didn't mean to leave you standing there. And for some reason, we're cold here. So I'm just going to see if I can. Let's see if somebody's writing comments to you while we. Um... We've upset the computer gods today, obviously. <laughs> oh my gosh. I cannot. There we are. There's only two of us. And this had better not happen again. So, Sue says hello. Hi, Sue. Hi, Sue. And um, let's talk fast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, here we go. Rachel, there's a lot out there to talk about. Um, but we were we wanted to focus on A Witch for Every Season. This is one of your newer books. It is. 
And I feel like this is what all your books you've ever done. And you've just compacted some of those ideas within a handy 12 month um, almanac, almost, yep. if you will. Um, because because that's what your books are. They're, they're reference books. You never finish with them. Um, when you want to know something, you're just like, okay, I'll go check candle magic or whatever. <clears throat> and most importantly, um, the thing you say in this book are, there are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like you rules. Rebel. No, you're like, um, I, I just... never have liked being told what to do. <laughs> I agree with you completely. <laughs> it's like, and that's why you don't want to tell other people what to do. Yeah. I think particularly in witchcraft as well, where it is a journey that you can make your own. So you have to make up your own rules for it. It's got to work for you. Um, and particularly when the this the witch for every season is about seasons and weather patterns and the land that you live on. So it has to be different for every person because we all live in different places. That is exactly true. For example, um, I live in a very cold climate. And so, you know, the books from England or where my descendants came from, they're already like planting things and stuff. Well, I'm, you know, <laughs> but I had to shovel the driveway, like what to do, what to do. And, and the plants are going to be different. I mean, we can. Yes. So it's, it is, it is very important that that is addressed for those who may be more rule-based or afraid of making a mistake somehow. I think as well as witches, we're taught the wheel of the year. And I was, it was one of the first things I learned and it's a brilliant structure, but it was constructed in the form that it's in now by a couple of English blokes <laughs> sitting <laughs> somewhere in beautiful, sunny England. <laughs> So it's not the dates aren't of the celebrations aren't going to work for everyone. They don't even work for some of us in England these days where the weather patterns have changed. So I think uh, it has to be flexible. Mother Nature doesn't read the calendar. <laughs> she no, she's over the page and say, right, that's it. <laughs> it's spring now. <laughs> uh, so you've got to you've got to yeah. work work with Mother Nature around you. Exactly. And it, not only that, um, I like the way that you discuss it's a time as in a week, a month, you know, a cycle, because when you get busy, um, you are like all over the place and you're like, okay, I've got to do this for Imbolc. I've got to do this for Imbolc. And then Imbolc's gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> I found that a lot when I was first learning and I'm going back. I've been walking this path for over 30 years now. Uh, and it was learn the dates, learn the names, learn the connections, learn the correspondences. Oh, it's too late. It's gone. I've missed one. <laughs> so yeah, I don't beat yourself up about it if you don't, you know, hit a date on the right day. And I, I do. I split it into seasons, but more, more even further down I split it into months because each month has its own energy and each month each year will have a different energy from the month the year before so it's connection is about connection to the land that you live on it's about connection to the weather patterns where you live and the energies that the spirit of place that's what guides you not the dates on calendars which is wonderful because what a lovely idea to think that you can fit your spirituality to your into your life every day by doing the things you do every day. I remember at one point thinking, well, everybody who's anybody has gone off to the wilderness <laughs> for a number of days <laughs> and come back with like all this. What do you do if you have a mortgage? And <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to go yeah. to the wilderness. So no, it's got I mean I live on the edge of a city and I've got a tiny garden. My garden's my sanctuary, but the land that I live on is ancient. Everyone's land that they live on is ancient. It's got layers and layers of energy. And even a weed that you find in the middle of a, a city centre has got magical energy to it. So it is about making it work in the area that you're in as well. 
Yes, you, you mentioned in the book, um, there's always a weed growing up between sidewalk always. Um, stones. <laughs> and that is your nature. Yeah. That yeah. is what you have. Hi, Heather. Hi, Heather. See, I'm using your Friday morning voice because they're <laughs> used to it. <laughs> not with a lovely accent. It's not an accent for you. Uh, so, I also want to point out in the individually, because this is definitely a book for people who are strong in an individual thought pattern or nature, like this is who I am. So you, not only is there the time individually, but you put a different, like for each time you have, you know, the the stones that you might use, the plants that you might use, all of these things so that if one is, doesn't catch you, another one will. Yeah, I, I break it down into months because that's how I work. But And of course, each month has its own folk traditions or even saints days can be made to fit into your pathway because it's all an energy. Each one carries its own energy. And I do encourage people to, to look at the folk traditions that are in your area because it will help you connect. But yeah, there's always crystals. There's always plants, foods that all connect to the different energies of each month. So it's how you work, really. You can pick and choose. The, and right. animals. There's always different animals associated with the energy of each month as well. So yeah, mix it up. Pick and choose. If you're not into crystals, you can do plants. Yep. And and also, as you pointed out, you can put tarot cards to symbolize those things Absolutely. on your altar. So there's always a way with something that you have at home, yep. which is so important to anyone who is um, has to stay at home for perhaps an illness or something or caring for someone else, a uh, young mother who's just like, <laughs> I'm putting chocolate milk in the chocolate, right? I'm intending that this chocolate, right? <laughs> like, it, it, it works for anybody in any situation. It, it's totally like you say, we, we can't. I think people have this idea that witches spend, they get up at dawn and, you know, collect the dew, <laughs> summon a couple of demons before breakfast, <laughs> spend the day making potions and collecting wild things. We're all working mothers, parents, wives, husbands, whatever it might be. We've all got other stuff going on. So for me, witchcraft has to fit into your day to day life. Well, like you say, we've all got mortgages to pay and bills, and it's all got to fit into how you work. And when you're making it fit, when you're thinking about that everyday life, you have to fit it in, your practice is going to be more supportive of that everyday life. I, it's a question I get asked a lot. How I, I'm too busy to be a witch. How do I work it into my routine? <laughs> you just, I, I'm... I'm not a I'm not a witch at certain times of the day. I'm a witch 24/7 whether I am doing vacuuming or making the dinner or performing a ritual in the back garden. Or I'm a witch in all of those things. It's about making your witchcraft work in your daily and for want of a better word mundane life. It's working it all into it so that it works for you. Right, right. And Another thing I wanted to point out of the individually, many of us are not born on the path that we decide to follow. There was another path before. And I find that this book, I want to hold it up again, but I'm not. <laughs> Just get this book, people. Okay. I find that this book is almost peacemaking, not perhaps the world, but within yourself and, and your family by bringing in other celebrations, I'm just yeah. gonna say Christian celebrations that yeah. many of us grew up with. And I know, and even I think as you get older, you you get those memories more, those fond memories. Uh, for example, with me is Christmas music. I It always I makes me feel- <laughs> I love Christmas, it's my favorite time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> 
got music on in July, I will clean. Because oh, I'm, I'm Kenny, <laughs> it has its own magic. Christmas, um, Christmas music. So what this does is allow you to not feel um, someone, someone who might do not feel like they have to cut off that part of themselves. And so I am the only pagan in my family. I'm the only pagan. Oh so. yeah, that's going Christmas. Okay, I love Christmas, and it's the energy of Christmas that I love. Uh, and the carols and the really cheesy films <laughs> but you can make it you can work it into your practice uh, there are mm -hmm. I have included saints days mm -hmm. that uh, with, because there's so many of them <laughs> you can't <laughs> avoid them you fall over this saints days and they but if you a lot of days in origin but if they haven't you can work with the energy that those saints look at their mythology look at their stories and you can take the energy from that and make it work into your practice and no matter what religion you are if you are from a strong christian family or a strong jewish family or whatever it might be you can work some of those traditions and work with those energies into your own practice so that you do come together as a family well and that, that is the piece going, because it's about the story. It's about the intention. It's not about the activity, okay? Yeah. I think. So if you are in a family that has various belief systems or you're the only one who is following um, a pagan tradition, then it's not, it's not going to upset people. You can eat that cake. You don't have to say, oh, I can't eat that cake because that symbolizes this from your religion. You can eat the cake with your own intention and be very happy. What's that? Oh, you're going to want to eat cake. Yes. No, no, I Okay, I was speaking to the wrong person. I, it was a symbolic cake. It wasn't a real cake. But what I'm saying is that it creates... Um, I was trying to have a serious conversation. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. And I think perhaps a lot of that comes with experience too, because when I first started on the witchcraft pathway, um, if something like Christmas, oh, I spent so long looking for Christmas cards that didn't have Merry Christmas on them because I thought, oh, no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> that's the stupid thing was I'm the only pagan and I was sending them to people who <laughs> so it was I got over that but it, it is it can be a bit of a hiccup um yeah you just have to see the bigger picture perhaps is the right way of describing it make it work for you exactly within within your um your circle within your ideas okay hi Vaughn and Brian has the question we're going to show because Brian is being facetious. Okay. <laughs> but Rachel might have the answer. <laughs> so a tongue-in-cheek question, any useful spells or demon invocations for shoveling snow? We got nearly eight inches of snow overnight, and it's a bit much for this old man. Okay. I've never seen eight inches of snow. I'm in the south of England. <laughs> So it's it's not hard. I, I live near the sea, so we very rarely get any snow at all. But you don't want to mess. If you can get a demon to shovel snow for you, then you are a higher magician than I am. If you can get a demon to show up, <laughs> and then get rid of him, yeah. yeah. Um, and he can just melt it away. You might have to bribe some teenagers for that, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is like um, perhaps you should need an abundance spell so that you can hire the teenagers yeah. to shovel the driveway. Definitely. Don't you have a snowblower, by the way? <laughs> okay, enough of Brian because he's just being <laughs> difficult for the end of it. That is the way Brian is, but we love him. Hi, Janet. Hi, Yvonne. Hi, Janet. <laughs> okay you mentioned where were we so yes i do think it's peacemaking for us it is part of the passage and you've been around doing this for um i don't want to say a long time because <laughs> but a long We're time way, way over 30 years now <laughs> and and many of us do go through when we take any alternative path there's that little bit of anger at the beginning because we're thinking well this you know 
these people did this and they did that and they did whatever. And true enough, in history, it's done. But it's also been done by everyone. I don't think there's a good place in history. Nobody gets off <laughs> clean and easy. So once we get over that and, and we're back to real life, this book is very applicable. And it could help us get over that maybe a little more quickly that someone in I your position also have to think that a lot of history is is guesswork educated guesswork <laughs> and history is written by the winners and a huge amount particularly uh, I've been recently looking at ancient English history nobody wrote anything down so I, if we had a time machine and went back uh, we'd have to rewrite all of history I think because we would have got so you have to it's important to know about history. It's important to keep it, but it's also important to learn from it and move forward. Um, I think, yeah. like you said, as you get older, you perhaps get a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a reason. It's a reason why some things are the way that they are. It's not something yeah. that fall to blame or is the reason why. Yeah. And I just said that. Okay. So, um, Brian. Um, <laughs> he's raining away. Um, where are you, Brian? Here we go. And it was, it was actually a good question for Brian. Do you think the world is more accept accepting of people choosing alternate paths than it used to be? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, when I started learning, it was before the internet It was before people had computers at home, uh, and, the books that I managed to find were really only about Wicca, which is not a bad thing. I did all my Wiccan training originally. I've wandered from that pathway, but finding information was very difficult at the time. And I thought I was the only pagan in the whole of my city. I wasn't. <laughs> but without <laughs> internet or, you know, the connections, exactly. it was difficult to find people. I've been very lucky in that I've never experienced any um, adverse effects or people being nasty or horrible because of my pathway. I've had quite a few people laugh thinking witches aren't real um, and I've had to deal with that. But I do think with the expansion of internet, with media coverage, even Hollywood and films to a certain extent, although they do Disneyfy it, it's put it out there and yeah people are more knowledgeable they know about it more and yeah definitely more accepting it's a bit like tattoos when I first started working in an office nobody had tattoos covered in now thankfully I don't work in an office anymore but even they've become more acceptable as more people have got them learnt about them and I think the alternative pathways yeah, definitely more accepting. But I think that is knowledge. I think that is media that's getting out there. Communication. that Absolutely. And growth. I mean, communication brings growth as the truth that people can have tattoos and still be responsible office workers. <laughs> comes, comes out. Hi, Tamara. Hi, Ness. Hi, Tamara. Hi, Ness. So... This is totally off topic. We were being very deep, but now I'm on to practicals. How do you collect do? Okay, I'm reading this. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is no, a really cute, <laughs> it's a really cute idea. But but how, how there is a, there is a bit of folklore about washing your face in the dew on I think it's the morning of this the summer solstice. Uh, and it's supposed to make you youthful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, how you collect it, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been up that early to collect. <laughs> well, not up that early and with nothing to do except wander around and collect. <laughs> I thought, well, I thought that might be the case. I thought, you know, I have to ask. I don't want to put her on the spot, but how do you? Tamara says very carefully. <laughs> yes, Tamara, I think so. With a tiny little bot, like. A spoon. <laughs> we have a spoon this is, yes okay all right so i just wanted to make sure that i was just not missing anything in my top 
<laughs> Give it a try. Let me know. <laughs> well, that would also mean me getting up at um, silly o'clock. Yes, yes, which is why I don't make your. Uh, for a while, my husband was going to work at three o'clock in the morning, Ooh. so I would make your Friday morning talks live. Now, <laughs> now that's not happening. <laughs> that, that, it, it is quite a time difference between us. It, yeah, it's about five hours, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. So it does. Um, but then that's the the good that's come out of internet and this more connections. I can talk to you now. That would never have been possible even just a few years ago. No, it's amazing. It's it's an it's an amazing world that has opened up so much is yeah. for us to learn, to see, to converse, to find out that we're not alone. I call it the magic box because <laughs> if, <It is. laughs> if I put in there, I have mushrooms, green peppers. Yeah, what can I do with them? Yeah, <laughs> and it pops up. There you go. <laughs> Various. I it's a community though isn't it as well you can create a community across the globe which is amazing and that's probably the going back to brian's question about being more accepting as well you know that you're not alone anymore and that you can just press a button and talk to someone that is just as weird as you are <laughs> and we'll have these conversations about the strange, wonderful things and not think you're completely bonkers. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sometimes well, might I think that we're... That, but, yeah. <laughs> yes, but it, it, and then that in turn brings more even personal connections. Like say an event or, you know, you know the meet and greets that they have now that people online get to go and meet other yeah. pagans and, and things like that, um, witches and things. Um, which is the interesting thing because you are a pagan witch but people as you said can be christian witches mm -hmm. they can be buddhist witches and you know it's just a part witchcraft of is a magical practice the paganism part is the religion and you don't have to be pagan to work witchcraft it's it's very flexible it's <laughs> in join us <laughs> i'm joining the kitchen with just because i think they do have gingerbread houses <laughs> they make them and <laughs> oh um yeah that's kind of suspicious because you're always like oh, what i baked today <laughs> well you know i work a lot with magical food so you never know what's going to be in it <laughs> That's it. Well, I, you know what? I just, I love cinnamon and cinnamon is oh, just one of my favorites, but I'm having gingerbread tea with cinnamon <laughs> and it still knocked us offline. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know today. I have to add something a little bit more, but <laughs> we're still having fun. So Brian, yes, Tamara, it is nice to find friends of like mine. Mm, absolutely like we found you and brian says i'm not going to click him up again oh i will brian you're getting a lot of press this morning <laughs> <laughs> brian says can't snow and frost be considered frozen too easy to collect you can work all sorts of magic with snow snow is very useful for working magic with it's really good for freezing spells for bringing protection um and it is essentially cold water so anything that you associate with that so you could um collect some and keep it in a jar in your fridge and you can use it for magical purpose uh, but yeah it's snow particularly it's very good you can write messages in the snow um uh, like a wish or a desire and as the snow defrosts eventually <laughs> it sets that spell into motion so yeah snow is brilliant for working magic with it's all water, isn't it? And water carries so much with it for working with emotions, for cleansing, for purifying, for releasing, letting things go. It's brilliant for working all that sort of magic with. And it's free. And it's, well, no, exactly. We like free. And thank you for asking that, Brian, actually, because I was thinking that this morning when you were talking about distilled water or I thought, well, if I go and have a bucket of snow, that's going to be clean when it melts mm -hmm. because yeah. it's, it's just from the sky so yeah. this this is an important point 
for your book being about different locations because obviously snow is very much on Brian and my mind. <laughs> 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 because it's doing it, Rachel. It's doing it. I have a light dusting of frost. <laughs> <laughs> see, see. So when, when you say, you know, look outside and see what is growing in your garden, I'm like, I can't Nothing. even see the gnome. <laughs> okay, the poor gnome. I, it, we, I think you're the same as me. That, and we were in the end of January now. I don't even know where time's gone. It's just mad. And I know I've, I talked about it before as well about New Year's. So we're the beginning of the calendar year and everyone makes the New Year's resolutions. I don't. For me, January is still a winter month. It's still a hibernation month. You need to, you want to be staying indoors and, and eating your big bowls of stew and <laughs> hot chocolates. It's not a start new things month for me. I don't do that until at least February and sometimes March. I, I want to wait for those first stirrings of spring in my area before I launch new projects or start new plans because January's just, it's still winter, it's still hibernation for me. And that, again, that has to work in your area, I think. Well, I, no, exactly. And I think we also have to understand, or you can tell me if we should understand. <laughs> Should we understand, Rachel, that it is a natural practice and we are natural beings. So mm -hmm. it is natural for us to hibernate. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and we have six feet of snow outside. <laughs> door, I <would> imagine. <laughs> yes, we're not we're not quite as bad as Brian, but um, school buses were canceled, etc. yesterday. Right. So. So what do we have happening here? Do you want to address things, Rachel? <laughs> oh, we have a troll. Yeah, there's always a troll. <laughs> Where's her? Oh, should I just ignore them? Okay, just, just, just ignore the, I'm not sure how to, this is all new to me. So if I sit here trying to get rid of them all, I'm going to get rid of them. Okay, delete comment. I don't want to delete everything. Tamara um, says, magic is intention, so you can use anything as a substitute. You just rename it. I, I'm all for that. I work a lot with household magic. You, you don't. I don't think witchcraft should cost a lot of money. I think witchcraft should be able to be worked with whatever you have to hand. You can work magic with your mobile phone. You can work magic with piece of paper you can work magic with leaves and nuts and whatever you can find uh it doesn't matter what it is everything has an energy and it's about connecting with that energy to see what magic it can help you with um but yeah you're right you're right tomorrow an intention is a huge huge part of it and brian is back He's addressing you, Rachel. I don't think he's speaking to me anymore. <laughs> uh, you mentioned how magic is separate from religion. Does the practice of magic vary around the world or are there universal principles involved? Interesting question. Uh, I think it depends how you look at it. M magic is worked by a lot of different practitioners. Uh, if you look at, uh, you know, I'm a kitchen witch, so I work with more uh wild magic like the old wise woman or the wise man that used to live on the edge of the you know, village and people would go to them for cures or curses for their neighbor's cow or things like that that's very natural stuff um wicca is another one that's more ceremonial magic uh then you have the root workers who work with uh hoodoo which is a folk magic as well there's variations but ultimately it all boils down to energy. Everything has that energy. And if you work magic, if you're working a spell, then you are manipulating that energy to make it do what you want it to do. And that's the same across the board. It is all about manipulating that magic, which is why as a good practitioner, you take responsibility for what you're putting out there as well. Always, always take responsibility for it your actions yeah thank you janet um for reporting them 
you very much. <laughs> There's always one. So I just want to ask a few questions about the book and things in it that I'm interested in. It's all about me. So when you envision Bridges Mantle, okay, um, how how do you see that? How like is it like a, a cloak or a cape or she's an interesting Bridget's an interesting one not one I particularly specifically work with on a regular basis but it's her time of the year it is her time of the year Bridget started as a goddess and then she was made into a saint so she's got a huge long history and in bulk is her time um I think snow comes into this because when I think of mantle, for some reason, I think of snow. The mantle of snow. On yeah, the isn't it in a poem or a story? I think somewhere. Oh, probably. <laughs> or Carol. You have a brain like a sieve. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it is her time of the year and she is all about in bulk and about new beginnings. Um, she's very creative, very creative. Um, passionate kind of energy that takes that works right through the spring um but yeah it's her time of the year and you can make bridey dolls bridget bridey bridget however you want to say it same figure <laughs> different <laughs> ways of spelling it um you can make dolls uh, to put on your hearth you can make little beds for her bridey's little bed we've done this within the coven a few times and it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> making crafts is always really funny uh, it's not my best skill <laughs> um, but yeah I see her mantle as as white and quite my altar's not in here anymore but when I dress the altar for Imbolc always a white cloth on it to represent Bridget's mantle because it's always in my head suggested snow and probably snowdrops come into that as well because they're usually the first sort of flowers we see at least here uh in February yeah I think that's in there and I just because mm -hmm. I haven't paid much attention to Bridget but we do need um probably because she was just doing everything I had to do every day <laughs> it wasn't glamorous but but we do need healing and and mm -hmm. i'm actually thinking if you put the mantle out the night before in bulk and it actually snowed on top of it that oh, would be so cool perfect. <laughs> that would be perfect sorry brian now i'm hoping for snow <laughs> <laughs> what was that did i miss I'm just gonna. Uh, there's a. She's Irish, uh, Bridget. You know that's her origins. Um, I think she is one that I work with on occasion. But I, I would like to mention. I'm flicking through the book. I'm not looking at my feet. <laughs> it is worth mentioning if you are going to call upon Bridget or any of the goddesses, do get to know them first. Do at least read up their mythology, their history, a little bit about them so that you know who you're dealing with. Uh, and it is any time you deal with a deity, it's a relationship. So like you would with any new friend, get to know them a bit first before you start asking them for stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, well, it's almost you just want their energy, their story, as it were, to filter around you. At yes. first, you know, get to know the story, get to so it helps. Um, it helps on that level, even if you're not like a full. Um, we have a friend that we've both worked with in the past, <laughs> Kaylee, and and I feel like I just had to ask her about a year ago to just, you know, I think. Thank you. Thank you very much. We we've come to the end of this, but you know, it's time to start things growing again yeah um and it's time to which doesn't mean that she's not there in the winter and and she's not there around reminding me um of things but <clears throat> she just maybe doesn't have the force that she once had yeah. in my life well, the kalak is a winter goddess anyway so yeah. um yeah it, <laughs> she's fighting back about now <laughs> <laughs> 
This is the time where she's hanging on, clinging on to winter, uh, which is why you get the sort of few spring days and then all of a sudden it's freezing cold again. That's her fighting back. She doesn't want to give up. No, <laughs> but no. I, there will be some deities that you just like, which is quite a popular one where people do just work with her at this time of the year. But there will be deities that you end up working with for a few months or a year or um, sometimes they'll step back. For the Kalex done that for me. I've walked with her for years, but recently she stepped back so that I can work with Sulis. And she's sort of stepped back for a couple of years now so that I can work with a different deity. And it happens. I think that deity will, they'll find you if they think that you need their energies. And if they think that you don't, they'll step back. They're not going to be with you if they don't think you need them. No, you have a relationship. Yeah, and absolutely. And this, there's, there's all this fear, but it is a relationship. And they yeah. know you and you know them. And the stories are just going to, yeah. to merge. So, yeah, I think, I think there's still... You know, there's still some fear out there about these things. And that's possibly why, once again, a book like this one is so important so that people see, you know, it's just, um, it's just, you're not just, but as a mom, a working mom, making it apply to her life. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's, I don't see um, anything. I mean, I've seen some, some things happen when peter might say people want to be witches because they want to dress up like uh, <laughs> stevie nicks <laughs> oh i wouldn't mind stevie nicks wardrobe but you know those long drapey sleeves totally impractical, <laughs> totally impractical. for eating for <laughs> cooking or even for our coven very rarely even wears cloaks because they are so impractical <laughs> for when you're moving around in ritual. But yeah, Stephen Nicks, lovely. Especially when... <laughs> not practical. <laughs> Especially <laughs> when you're working with fire. It is an accident ready to happen. Yeah. So is there anything specific that you want to... Um, no, hats and brooms are fun. Well, you know, sometimes I don't want to do it. <laughs> I have a hat. I have a broom. But I, you know, I still do rituals dressed in jeans and a sweatshirt. It's, you know. <laughs> it's practical. It's warm in it's, the winter. Uh, yes. Yes. Having stood in the middle of Stonehenge in the freezing cold with hailstones coming down. Uh, yeah. Cloaks and, and your pretty dresses, they don't cut it. <laughs> no. They also don't go with like huge winter boots and <laughs> that that is the picture. That is the dream, yeah. right? Like like everything that is that is I mean, some people can do it well. I just couldn't I'm not very good at pulling things off. <laughs> yeah. You spoke about crafts and I'm like, yes, when I do a child's craft, it looks like a child. Yeah, mine do too. <laughs> but that's where the intent comes into it. It's not what it looks like at the end. It's the energy. <laughs> it's the energy and the and the intent. Yes. So if somebody decides, oh, this sounds really interesting. I would like to be a witch. What would you advise them to do? Read. Read, research, read and research everything you can. There's some good stuff out there. There's some bad stuff out there. So you're going to have to filter through it. And with the internet as it is, uh, there are lots of groups that you can join for free. Uh, libraries as well. Don't forget libraries because uh, they will, if they haven't, they have usually have a teeny tiny occult section. <laughs> but if there's a particular book, you can always ask them to order it in. But read and talk to people, find people, groups online and ask questions. Most good groups will always answer your questions, even if you think they're really silly. They aren't that, you know, if you don't know the answer to it, it's not a silly question. Um, but yeah, there are no silly questions. information. No, there aren't information, uh, knowledge and information. Get that. Witchcraft is huge. Paganism is huge. 
30 odd years later and I am still learning new things and I love it because it is such a huge talk. I think it'd be really boring if you, you know, there if was you knew everything. Yeah, no. If you knew everything. If you don't tell my husband that I don't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> no those are the kind of secrets those are the kind of secrets that you keep in your book right <laughs> that the only other witches can read I also, it's about energy too it's about the connection uh connecting to nature it's probably the first thing most people will say is to new witches is get out in nature but a lot of people can't actually do that on a regular basis so it's about connecting with the land beneath your feet Everything has an energy. Even even the car park outside Walmart <laughs> has an energy. There will be soil and earth with a history below it. So it's about learning to connect with the energy of everything, whether it is that car park or a leaf or the bag of apples you bought in the supermarket. It will all have energy. Um, and you, it's about connecting with that. And getting to know your local area, which is really the main theme of the book as well is about getting to know your local area and the the folklore and history in your area because it will help you connect and all of it can be tweaked to work with your pathway and and also I think it's important to say that it's okay to just go into this world not saying I'm going, this is what I want to be, but because I am curious just to understand yeah. how other people do things. Oh, it took me probably a couple of years before I was comfortable calling myself a witch. I, I didn't, whether I didn't feel qualified or comfortable or I don't know, but it did take me a long while to feel that I earned the title maybe, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, you don't, it's a label thing, isn't it? We all love these, much as we like to be alternative, <laughs> we all like to fit in into these different groups. We like the labels and the boxes because it makes us feel part of something. But you don't need a label. You don't need to call yourself so any, you can call yourself whatever you like, <laughs> but you don't need a label. Um, I, it's, it's about walking the spiritual path, I guess, to give it a loose collective title but no you don't have to name give yourself a label i i haven't yet um because most groups have very nice people in them and <laughs> they don't need to be attached to me in my flesh anyways you know but it doesn't i think it's because it is it is it is respecting and it is you know um wanting to make sure before I go there like it, it's just it's not and then I wouldn't know what kind of witch to be um it would probably change too I mean when I started it was Wicca and I worked through the three Wiccan degrees and I gained my high priestess title but I'm not Wiccan anymore although I used it as uh, or used parts of my pathway isn't Wiccan anymore my pathway is very much kitchen witch and it's changed it changes over the years and it would change on what you read on what you learn on people that you meet i sort of take the bits from all these different pathways and make my own and i think that probably works better for a lot of people the individuality once again mm -hmm. is important so we have a couple more minutes um sell yourself like mad rachel what should we be looking at i know you have the inbox <laughs> Of the inbox um, celebration on I'm ritual on Sunday. We run uh, the Kitchen Witch Coven runs regular Sabbath open rituals, open to everyone uh, on our Facebook group and on our YouTube channel. Everyone's welcome. We always make and they are very up. welcoming. I just <laughs> they're very relaxed. <laughs> We don't go in for the formal ceremonial stuff. And there's usually a craft spell working in the middle, which is always a laugh. <laughs> um, but you, yes, you can find me Friday mornings on my YouTube channel or on my Facebook uh, page. And always find me on Facebook. I'm always happy to answer questions. Uh, if you got any questions, you think of anything, you know, tomorrow, next week, do message me because I'm always happy to answer questions. 
and she and she does on her own YouTube things and very. I might not have the answers, but <laughs> <laughs> but she'll make them up really fast. Up. Yes. <laughs> she'll make them up. Okay, um, Rich, we have to do this again when oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely when we're not thrown off by the beginnings of this, or I'm not thrown off. You you have tons of experience. I'm just like, <laughs> what is happening now? So um, I want to thank Rachel. This is my official thank you for oh, coming to Vegas. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> and I'm just going to mention um, next week, we will be focusing on Jolie P. Huang's Three Funerals for My Father, Love, Lots, and Escape from Vietnam, which is um, inspirational in, in its own way. So until then, may your coffee be hot and your story sweet. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I'm not fast enough. With, oh, I forgot my ticket again. <laughs> I told you. Okay, people, you just, I, I'm just, I'm just getting used to this stuff. Ella, sorry, Rachel. That's and, all right. And we have clips. And oh my goodness. Why can't I see it? There it is. Exit. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>